and welcome to Hospice News Elevate podcast. My name is Jim Parker. I'm editor of Hospice News. And here with me today is Dr. Carla Pennington, a native of Wagar, Alabama, who currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Carla's background includes receiving a Bachelor of Arts in Communication and Information Sciences from the University of Alabama, a Master of Arts in Advertising and Public Relations from the University of Alabama, and a Doctor of Management and Organizational Leadership from the University of Phoenix. She currently performs research in the healthcare field with a team of researchers, and she works for a hospice organization as a subject matter expert and regional director of sales. Carla, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start just by asking you to describe the work you're currently doing. Um, currently, I work for an organization uh, where we offer hospice care and palliative care to patients. In regards to hospice care, that's for patients who are foregoing any type of curative measure. So they want to their pain and symptoms to be managed and they want to be comfortable and at home with their loved ones. In regards to palliative care, those are for patients who may still be seeking some type of therapies, but they're also having a palliative care team that's monitoring their chronic symptoms. So they may not have as many resources as a hospice patient, but they're still getting resources for their palliative care team. Thank you. And how would you describe your approach to marketing hospice? Uh, Hospice comes with a great deal of stigma, of course. It is important for me to bring awareness to consumers and healthcare providers on what hospice care is and the benefits of hospice care. So in the early 60s, um, hospice was a place for sick travelers to go and pass away. But hospice as we know it today is for anyone who has a terminal illness and have decided to forgo any type of curative treatment. So I always enjoy sharing my personal hospice story with people so they can understand that this is a passion of mine and a mission and not just a job. Are you able to share anything about your personal hospice story? Of course. So in 2010, I was working in Atlanta, Georgia the first time, and my grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother, was diagnosed with cancer. And so I decided to relocate back to Alabama to help care for her while she was on hospice care. And it was such a great experience that whenever she passed away, I decided to change my career path. And that's when I started focusing on health care and helping people at the end of life. So that's when I began my hospice journey as an employee. Excellent. Thank you for for sharing that. You mentioned consumers. You talk about, you know, does your marketing strategy really focus on the referral partners or does it, you know, to what degree does it include the consumer? Um, Actually, it's both referral partners and the consumer because without the consumer agreeing to hospice coming into their homes, then it really doesn't matter if we have the buy-in of the referral partner. So the way our process works is that my team goes out into the community, the healthcare community, and we're educating doctors and specialists and facilities about what hospice care is and how to identify patients who may be eligible for hospice care services. And so once they have our resources and they identify those patients who may need hospice care, they have that opportunity to talk to families about the options that are available to them. Mm -hmm. So when the referral partner is in agreement to use our services, then they talk to the family and the family is in agreement. Then we come in and talk to them as a whole, as a full care team about what hospice care is going to look like in the home for their loved one. These days, do hospices now also have to market themselves to payers, even if it's perhaps for a non-core service like palliative care? 
Well, hospice is covered under Medicare Part A, and most um, private insurance does cover hospice care. It just depends on the insurance plan that that patient may have. So in regards to marketing, we make sure that insurance companies know about our services, uh, healthcare providers know about our services, as well as the general population. So we have to take it a case-by-case situation to see what the payer source is for the patient. But because hospice is there to provide care at the end of life, we are able in some instances to help patients who may not have a payer source because we want to make sure everyone gets that care they need at the end of life. Excellent. And do you market the hospice program and the palliative care program in different ways? Are there different types of messaging that you use? Um, they, they pretty much have uh, the similar messaging. So, for example, when I'm sitting down having a meeting with someone, I'm going to start out talking about the hospice philosophy, of course, because I want to make sure that people understand hospice care and palliative care are, in fact, two different programs. So I start out focusing solely on hospice care and the hospice benefit, as well as the hospice care team that is provided to that patient at the end of life because they are foregoing any type of curative treatments. And then as we transition our conversation, I highlight the palliative care benefits and the palliative care team and what all it comes with the palliative care team. So just to kind of give you an idea, I like to put this in layman terms. You know, you have home health care, then you have palliative care, and then you have hospice care. So it's kind of like a step program. So palliative is like that bridge in between the home health and the hospice. If you're on home health and you may start showing some type of decline, but you're not sick enough to be on hospice care, then you may fall in that category of a palliative care patient. But if you're on um, a palliative care patient and you get sick and you get sicker, uh, sick enough to be on hospice, then we can also transition you to the hospice program to have that extra level of care for higher acuity patients. So home health, palliative, and hospice care are in fact three separate programs. And so we have to bring awareness to the community of those being three separate programs because a lot of people get those terms confused. I see. Could you talk about some of the ways that clinical care and hospice marketing intersect? Um, Both teams are customer focused, of course, and we both provide customer service. So once the hospice team earns the trust of a provider, a healthcare provider to refer a hospice patient, that is when the clinical team comes in and provides that clinical care for that patient. So they're also earning that trust and, you know, also having that high level of customer service as well. Because oftentimes we get referrals for hospice care from family. So if they had a great experience with our hospice nurses and our hospice care team, when it's time for another family member to have hospice care, they're being their own advocate and asking that healthcare provider to refer to a particular organization. So both teams have to work together for the common goal of bringing awareness and making sure that the patients are comfortable at the end of life. How does a hospice go about developing that sense of trust with referral partners? Well, first of all, when we do a pre-call plan from the business development team, we identify healthcare providers who in fact have access to the geriatric population or to a population of patients who may need help at the end of life. So you have a lot of specialty doctors, primary care doctors, internal medicines, assisted living facilities, personal care homes, skilled nursing facilities. Wherever a patient may go that needs a high level of care is where we're actually going to do a pre-call plan so we can go to that provider and talk about our services. So, of course, if we're going to a heart doctor, we're going to talk about how we can help their, their heart patients, their cardiac patients in regards to hospice indicators. So we're making sure that we're bringing awareness from a clinical standpoint and from an educational standpoint on how we can help that doctor 
keep their patients out of the hospital with readmissions. And then we can help keep that patient at home and be the eyes and ears for that doctor in the home providing care for their patient. It seems like a common thread that that's run through the discussion is uh, education. Um, Would you say that how essential is the education piece to hospice marketing? It's very, very important because a lot of medical doctors and providers that I've spoken with have told me that their medical curriculum didn't highlight the death and dying process. They may have had like a class here and there to talk about grief and death and dying. So when we go in as hospice consultants, we're not only educating the nurses and the patients, we're actually educating some of the physicians because either either a physician may have had a personal situation that happened that may not have been that great for hospice, so they are opposed to writing for hospice, or they may just lack the knowledge of knowing exactly what hospice is. So that's why it's very important for our clinical team to support the, the hospice consultants, because when we have those business meetings, we're able to go in and we're able to talk about the benefit of hospice. But from a clinical standpoint, they can talk about all the metrics that goes into looking for a patient and how we can help that patient. Excellent. And uh, I think it was right from our first question, you mentioned there's stigma around hospice. I think that's that's well known in the hospice community. Do you see any signs that that stigma is starting to decline or become less uh, frequent? Do more people understand what hospice is at this point? Yes, from 10 years ago, when I first entered into the world of hospice care, I can say that I think people utilize hospice more because they're realizing the full benefit of hospice. So, for instance, you may have someone in a lower income neighborhood and they are afraid to talk about hospice care. But when you ask them what their goals of care are, they need the hospice care team, right? So some of the reasons what people say, oh, I'm having to go to the hospital a lot because I can't afford my medications, but they may be, you know, in stage renal failure or having heart failure. So once we explain to them, hey, you do realize you have a full care team that comes to wherever you call home to provide care to you in addition to the support from your family and maybe, you know, if you're at a facility, your current staff. We're coming there to help you. Your supplies are covered as it's related to your diagnosis. Your medication is covered. So I think when people realize things that are related to their hospice diagnosis is covered, it's actually helped relieving that financial burden on a lot of families. So a lot of families are starting to see the benefit of hospice and not thinking about it as a, quote, death sentence. They're thinking about it as an opportunity to save money for my family or an opportunity to have additional resources because when you have the full care team, you have, you know, the social worker that can help you with any social needs you have. You have a chaplain that can help you with any spiritual needs if you would like to have someone there and you may not be able to go to your place of worship. You have a bereavement coordinator that's actually there to help you during that process to get you prepared for that death and dying process. But also after your loved one has passed away, you have that bereavement service up to 13 months for any family member. So no one ever thinks about the first holiday, the first birthday, the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving after a loved one's passed, and they have a very hard time emotionally. So that's why their bereavement team is there to help them, to send them words of encouragement, to be on call 24-7 like hospice is, to answer the phone, to help them walk through that process. And in addition to all of those care team members, you have your medical director, you have nutritionist, you have your nurse, your hospice aide. I mean, there's at least 12 to 15 people on the team that can help you in, in all aspects of your care plan. 
And can you share some best practices that hospices should keep in mind in, in, in their marketing efforts? My top three are teamwork, networking. Together, I will group this as honesty, integrity, and patience. I'll put that together. Teamwork, because, you know, clinical slash operations, they have to work together with the sales team in order to make sure that we're hitting our common goal of bringing awareness and providing care with the patients, right? And making sure that communication is key because we may be in a doctor's office the family may call the doctor and tell them one thing, but if we're not in communication with our clinical staff, then we're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, what really happened? So the way we overcome that is by having stand-up meetings and stand-down meetings every day. So night shift is reporting off to the morning nurses and account executives, and then in the evening, we report off to them. So we have that continuum of care and clear communication. So when we go to the doctor to give an update, it's all in continuum. It's all the same thing. You know, if the patient gives any type of feedback, it's exactly what we have in our care plan. And in terms of networking, the key to brand awareness for our hospice agency is to get out and network amongst other healthcare providers. Whether it's a senior networking niche, whether it's, you know, some social groups like LinkedIn or any groups on Facebook, just interacting with other healthcare providers to bring awareness to what your product or service is allows them to earn the trust that, with you and also, you know, be an advocate for you and tell others about your, your services. And then the last one, when I when I think about honesty, integrity, and patience, providing healthcare professionals with accurate metrics and outcome is very important because it's not about closing the deal, it's about being honest, what your metrics are. Addressing any service failures, if you have them, address them right when they happen. Don't like sweep it under the rug because it's not going to end well for you. And then just being patient. You have to be patient if you're a hospice provider with your healthcare provider and your families because a lot of specialists, they're there to cure, right? So they sometimes feel defeated if they know that they no longer can help a patient that may have cancer and it's time to bring in hospice. And it's okay. We're human. We're not robots. So we have to give that provider time to say, I've exhausted all resources and treatments. I think it's time to bring in hospice care. Or even with the families, when the doctor may have already come to that conclusion, we still have to give the family that time and, and, and be patient with them so they too can say, okay, we have saw all type of second, third, fourth opinions, whatever the case may be, and it may just be that time to bring in hospice care. So patience is definitely key to making sure that you um, are successful in your job. Excellent. Well, Carla, again, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. This was uh, an insightful discussion. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, everyone who's uh, listening in. Thanks very much and take care.